This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Please be aware that some of the content discussed may be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Reach Out, the podcast, where we are dedicated to ending sexual violence through advocacy, counseling, education, and more. This is the official podcast of Reach Counseling, located in Northeast Wisconsin. You will learn more about the services we provide and hear from members of our team, sexual assault survivors, and the people who support them. We are so glad you're joining us today and would love to connect with you further. You can find out more about us by going to reachcounseling.com. The interview portion of this episode was recorded in May of 2023. Please keep this in mind when dates and timelines are referenced. This week's episode features an interview with Eric Gajovnik, resident therapist at REACH Counseling. Eric shares about providing treatment for sex offenders and why it matters in stopping the cycle of sexual violence. He also discusses his educational journey, which led him to this line of work. Here is episode 11. Thank you for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how long you've been with Reach and what your role here is? So I've only been with Reach for about two months at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I came here as someone uh, familiar with working with people who uh, committed sex offenses. I've been working with them for the past three years. Um, so I came here to uh, do some work with that, but also to do some work with survivors of uh, sexual abuse. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Can you talk a little, you touched on this already, but can you talk a little bit more about your background and why you're passionate about this work? So I've, yeah, I've done uh, three years of uh, facilitating groups with uh, NOE counseling and consulting, with working with people who've committed sex offenses. Um, I do really like the work. I like the work because it, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, you know, on the outside looking in, they, they, you know, they don't see like how these individuals are also survivors of trauma themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that they, they end up being, as a population, being uh, quite misunderstood because of, you know, it, it's very easy to look at the offense and to, you know, see how horrific and, and awful uh, you know, sexual offenses can be and to just keep the focus on that but you know working with them in treatment we're able to work through a lot of those issues so uh, working through you know some of those traumas some of those beliefs about themselves and you know they came with the abuse that they suffered as uh, you know as children or young adults and so um, you know of course we make sure that they are accountable and that they work toward protecting themselves so that they can protect the community as well. Um, But it it does, uh, you know, it's offered me a lot of insight Mm -hmm. into the population. So it's been nice. I've been looking forward to talking to you because I think (laughs) that you and uh, like two other people here have such a unique position in, in dealing with the treatment program and serving in that way and the insight that you have is very unique and a lot of people in our society do not have that insight like you were even just touching on and and viewing people as human beings and mm. not just the perpetrations that have happened right. um and so 
how how do you go about helping the the clients that you work with that have offended and and abused children or you know things mm-hmm. like this how do you go about helping them to view their themselves as human and having dignity and having hope like how do you help them navigate that um the the big thing that that i like to let them know is that um you know in order to have control over their story they need to accept responsibility over it if they're not willing to talk about what it was that happened you know what they did then they are going to allow you know that to be interpreted by everybody else Uh, they're going to go ahead and and also, and it's not just for that, but it's also for them to, like I was saying before, to be able to protect themselves, you know, in the future. You need to go back and learn about this and, um, you know, see, like, what their risk factors were, where their flaws in thinking were, so that right. way that they're able to challenge those things in the future and know how to, you know, if they are, you know, for example, if they're struggling with low self-esteem, like, what can they tell themselves about themselves and you know in order to flip that thinking uh flip those feelings that they have about themselves yeah now the clients in the sex offender treatment program are court ordered essentially right to go Mm -hmm. through this program or given an option to do this or xyz right yeah very often yeah yeah yeah. so the the when you see them and you meet with them, are they open to the counseling or are they pretty shut off or is there a mix? It, What's the typical response initially when they first meet with you? Um, I, I feel like it, it, it's a mix. Mm-hmm. I think the most common is that there was, you know, there there's going to be some form of denial involved with it. Um, whether it is like complete outright denial over it saying it didn't happen or if there are people who they do acknowledge that it happened there is focus that is taken off of them right. where it's it is saying that like putting some responsibility on like their circumstances or putting some responsibility on the victim mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so you know a lot of the work initially is getting them to you know, accept full responsibility because it was their actions. It was their choices. Right. Right. So no one forced them to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Would you say that the majority have been abused as children themselves? I don't know if I can say the majority have, I I don't know the information on that, but I can say a lot. You see that. Oh, it comes up very, very often. And it's that kind of concept of hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And not that we're excusing that because we no, obviously want, obviously one of the points of reach existing is to end sexual violence and to stop these patterns. Mm-hmm. But it's important that we acknowledge the fact that, you know, not everybody mm-hmm. is just this person out there wishing evil things on other people. It's right. sometimes just what they grew up with, what they learned. There's a distortion of their own understanding of sexuality or expression mm-hmm. and and even though their actions were wrong mm-hmm. yeah. it may not have been something that they knew was wrong at the time or like that they grew up thinking was wrong 
because of what happened to them. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they come in with that. You use the word distortions. And it's one we use all the time in our, in our program is, you know, being able to identify where those distortions came from and then being able to change that around because, um, you know, when we have a certain thought, it ends up influencing how we feel and then therefore influencing how we act upon that. And so if we're able to get to the root of a lot of those, those distorted thoughts, and we're going to be able to flip around, you know, how they feel and then how ultimately they respond to that. And, um, but yet, you know, going back to what you were saying, like, it's so important that they, you know, that we understand where it came from, right. you know, where the distortions came from, but ultimately that they understand that they have responsibility over the choices that they make right exactly yeah do you feel like once you get to that point with them do you do you feel like there's a change or there's a shift or there's a positive outcome typically after that's achieved yeah i i do like that's very often been a turning point is once they're able to just sort of lay it all out there this is what I did. This is what I was thinking. This is how I groomed the victim. This is how, you know, I, um, you know exactly what I did. Once they're able to get to that point, and then they, they realize, you know, that it's all out there, and that, you know, by accepting responsibility, they have that control. Like I was, you know, talking about before, and, you know, they're able to like put all, you know, stop. They they realize that like the you know the world didn't didn't end when they did that right and they can say like okay I I'm finally past that mental hurdle I can now move forward and and start to address like okay so how do I prevent this from ha ever happening again mm -hmm. what led me to to do this now that all that you know trying to protect myself and preserve you know my self esteem by you know, minimizing or rationalizing it. Now that I've gotten past that hurdle, how can I start protecting myself? And I feel that when they reach that point, then you know, the sky's the limit for them. That's amazing. The work you're doing is making an impact. I mean, that's very clear. I'm just curious as a parent myself, you have unique perspective on, on patterns and things that happen with grooming and all that. What are some safeguards that parents can take with their children just to make sure that they're keeping an eye out and mm -hmm. that they're doing due diligence to protecting their children and, and, and being a good parent? Like, mm -hmm. do you have any advice for that? Um, one thing that I would say right off the bat is that the vast majority of victims um, they, or survivors, they know who they're... Uh, Perpetrator was right. It wasn't stranger. Danger. It was not. It was, it was yeah, highly unlikely that it was a stranger to them. Right. So being able to understand that, and um, you know, there are there are certain things to watch for. I, I think the the big thing is just really knowing who the individuals are, who who you are around, and, and yeah. you know, getting you know, developing you know relationships with those people looking you know if you, if you feel comfortable looking into their backgrounds if possible um as far as um you know certain behaviors you know it's um you know it, it's tricky mm -hmm. right it, it can it can be very tricky as far as you know like with children you know needing to have touch needing to have comfort when they're growing up and right. want to have that to develop secure attachment 
like you don't want it to be like you know, people have to you know maintain this, you know like a ton of distance with them but at the same time they need to um, you know, really look into that as far as um, you know just who they are spending their time with right and um, yeah I think that's the key that's very good I'm glad you brought that up I, I think it's also just I guess an encouragement or a call to parents like mm. uh, to provide that secure attachment from you yes. to your child because otherwise yes. they are going to look to other people for that mm-hmm. and that's not their fault like that's just human nature right mm-hmm. and you'll have people that will be positive influences on their life and people that will take advantage of that desire for affirmation and and connection yeah. right well said yeah, yeah absolutely okay. yeah talk a little bit about how you decided to go into this kind of specialization you know, it was it wasn't too tough of a transition into therapy for me for a couple of reasons one was that i um were had volunteered with circles of support okay. which helps people uh transition from being incarcerated back into the community and helping them to get in touch with the resources so i was able to work with a number of people in the population already through a few years of volunteer work with them okay before and then uh, it was actually through my master's program at uw green bay that i was able to work with noe counseling and consulting and i you know had a great mentor in that mary catherine noe to help me to learn so much about the population and how to approach treatment i was able to absorb a lot in that time you know to where it it ended up kind of transitioning nicely into uh, working with her uh, once I had completed the program. And so I was able to get a lot of really good experience through that. So, yeah. yeah. What is, and obviously you're respecting confidentiality, but what is one thing that you think the majority of people that you counsel wish that the general population would realize about them and people that have walked their path? I think that the number one thing they would want is that nobody wants to be judged by the worst decision they ever made in their lives. Mm. They would want people to see that and to see the effort that is being put in to prevent that from happening again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that we, you know, I want to be careful with because um, it's something where we don't want to feed into like the grievance thinking is you know, what we call mm-hmm. where it is mm-hmm. uh, kind of just that ruminating on these, you know, thoughts of, you know, poor me, like how this happened, stuff um, where, you know, something like that can be a risk factor in itself. However, um, I do think there is a point to be made about you know, not wanting to be judged by that. Now, granted, not all people committed sexual offenses in the past, but, you know, not wanting to be judged by that time and also to understand that, you know, if somebody is completing treatment, if someone, you know, completes, they put in a lot of work on themselves. They were, you know, they had to be very introspective about it and they had to come to, to terms with a lot of things and are now in a really good position to protect themselves and others in the future. And I know, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I was told that the likelihood of reoffending after successfully completing this program through REACH is is quite low, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it's... 
Yeah, yeah. it's uh, from what I had seen, it was seven percent recidivism rate among those who had completed the program for fifteen years following completion. Wow. There was only a seven percent recidivism rate, and as you know from you know, from research, you know, a lot of progress can be made within 15 years about best practices. And right. so, you know, as REACH continues to grow and work with the population, they're going to continue to adapt these new, uh, you know, these new best practices mm -hmm. for working with them. And therefore, I, I don't see any reason why it can't stay steady at that number or even uh, continue to uh, go down. Yeah, that's awesome. And certainly by bringing on additional therapists with a specialty like yourself, that there definitely you go. helps. There yeah, you go. yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the other types of counseling that you do here? Like you don't just work the SOT. I know we focus on that and I was yeah, yeah. looking forward to t talking about that because like I said, there's sure. so few people with that kind of specialty mm -hmm. that I know at least. Um, mm -hmm. And, but talk about your other, like the other clients that you counsel in that experience. So yeah, I am still very new to the working with survivors of uh, trauma. And um, it's something I'm, I'm very excited about. I haven't, yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to work with, with uh, too many at this point, mm -hmm. but um, you know, it, it's, it's very exciting for me to be able to see that other side of it. You yeah. know, I feel like I've, you know, I've gotten a, a pretty good understanding of, you know, one side of the argument, um, or, or not, not argument right, right. necessarily, but one side of the situation, you know, right. I keep seeing it from that perspective, but to see it, you know, from someone who purely, you know, is, uh, uh the, the survivor, you know, someone who was the victim of that situation, um, you know, to be able to get that perspective and to, you know, help them now yep. is, you know, really exciting, you know, just from, you know, my own experience of knowing people who've, who've been through that. And it was something that was a, a source of motivation for me, just getting into treatment to begin with. Right. You know, it's a big step. Um, so that is a, a very exciting transition for me. Like I said, I'm still <laughs> pretty new to it all. That's okay. But um, yeah, Looking I'm very, I'm very excited about it. That's great. What would you say to someone who maybe is feeling like it was their fault that they were violated sexually or attacked or abused mm -hmm. in some way? What advice would you give to them? What truth would you speak to them? Well, I think the first thing I would say is that that's a pretty normal reaction to a traumatic event is to sit and put the focus on what, you know, I could have done differently to protect mm -hmm. myself. But the reality is that was not their choice, you know, and nobody deserves to have to go through that. Nobody deserves to be abused. They deserve to live happy lives that are safe yeah. and that they don't you know they shouldn't have to you know they ultimately they don't have control over what somebody else does exactly. that individual has control over that yeah. so it's never the survivor's fault that something happened to them it's exactly not something they wore it's not somewhere that they placed themselves mm -hmm. like it is literally something an action that someone else chose to take against them and it is not their fault that that happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Absolutely. that's important for our listeners to hear. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of your choice in general, like maybe even a little bit more about your background that made you interested in getting into 
counseling? Well, I mean, you know, when I go back to what led me to get into social work, you know, I was doing something completely different with my life at that time. You know, it was kind of rudderless. I really didn't have a whole lot of direction about what I wanted to do with my life. And then, you know, it was through meeting someone and, and really getting to know that person and seeing the impact of trauma on that individual mm. was a real source of motivation for me. It was something where I was able to, you know, it, it just clicked suddenly about just what the impact of trauma is on individuals. Right. And it was once I had known that, it became extremely difficult for me to kind of go back to the life I was living before and, and, and working, doing work that you know, it just wasn't too purposeful. It was very, you know, just, you know, individual, you know, individual focus. I'll just say that. And okay. I just wanted to you know, go ahead and, and, you know, help others and do what I could to help those who've been so impacted because I, I can't relate to that. You know, I've been very, very fortunate to have had, you know, the people around me and, you know, to have not had, um, you know, those sorts of events come up in my life. So, yeah, yeah. I, so I just really wanted to be able to give back. So. That's amazing to hear, like, just somebody in your life and seeing the impact and having that pivotal motivation and turning point for you. That's really incredible. Obviously, you're one of few guys that work for Reach. Yes. <laughs> and, and I want to bring this up because I personally know men that have been sexually assaulted and abused. And I think there's sometimes in our society can be this, like, hush, hush, don't talk about that, or like, that doesn't really happen kind of thing or whatever. Sure. What, what would you speak to regarding that? Like the fact that, in, that it doesn't just impact women, it also impacts men and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every, every gender. Like it's not just gender specific. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's really tough because as much as we talk about like the progress that we've made in, you know, you know in this day, this day and age, you know, as far as addressing issues about like unhealthy masculinity and, mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to, you know, call out a lot of those distorted thoughts that, that men have had over the years about sex and, um, you know, just how we treat others. Um, it's tough. It's something that, you know, yeah, a lot of men, they'll have a really difficult time opening up to other people about because they're having a very difficult time being able to admit to being vulnerable. Which, it's an internal you know, battle. Yes, to kind of, yeah, right. exactly. Right. To kind of go back to you know, the, the question you had asked, it can be very difficult to get past that hurdle about just being willing to open up. And there are so many you know, instances that I hear about where men were were victims of sexual assault and they just you know they just kind of told themselves well that wasn't sexual assault you know it was you know as a teenager stuff like it was just you know it was, yeah and yeah. they'll they'll just minimize what was it happens like no you were taken advantage of yeah you know you yeah. were abused by someone who knew better yeah. you know you were a teenager you are not responsible for your choices and then so you know getting them to you know change that that narrative and then uh to be able to look at it and not have this deep shame about that mm -hmm. with themselves yeah um i think is 
yeah, it, it's it's such a, a big hurdle, I think, uh, especially with, I think, especially with men. Yeah. One of my friends in college, he had kind he had disclosed to me about being, you know, sexually violated and the, it was a woman perpetrator. And I remember him saying things like, well, it was just, you know, it wasn't. And mm-hmm. but I'm like, well, the whole reason why you're bringing this up, though, is we're close friends. There's a trust here, and obviously you do deep down know that this was a violation. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do with that is like your choice, but I'm affirming the fact that you were violated, and yeah. women can be perpetrators, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I know the numbers and the studies that we have out there, it's alarmingly more women being perpetrated mm-hmm. by men, right? But I also ask the question, would it be that big of a variation if we had more men that actually felt that they could report and felt they could reach out for help. It does make me wonder too, because yeah, there is just such a stigma for men, you know, reporting that or, or just, you know, just very distorted thinking among men about um, right. you know, sexual abuse and, and seeing men as, or men or boys as, as victims. Right, yeah. Anything else you would like to touch on? I've been asking a lot of questions, I know, but like anything you'd like to share with the listeners about what you do or maybe goals that you have working for REACH or? Um, I'm hoping to just continue to build off of what I've started so far. You know, I, I think that I've, you know, been able to grow a lot in the last few years of working, you know, with people who've committed sex offenses and I'm not done growing with that. I'm gonna mm-hmm. continue to, to do that here, continue to build up what it is that I know, and you know, just trying to just be a sponge with all the information I can get and mm-hmm. just put out, you know, just be as good at this as I can be. And now that I've uh, started working with survivors of trauma, I'm looking forward to you know, that same sort of process. Just yeah. you know, taking it as much as I can and then uh, doing my best to help them. Well, thank you so much for your time today. No, my pleasure. And thanks for all the work that you do because it is not easy. So no, no, it's been it's been a gift to me. I'm happy to do it. Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. You are not alone. Reach Counseling is here to help, and we're expanding our reach. Since 1976, we have offered our services throughout Winnebago County. We are pleased to now offer our services in Outagamie and Calumet counties as well. REACH Counseling is a sexual assault service provider for children and adults that offers culturally responsive outreach, prevention education, victim advocacy, trauma counseling, and sex offender treatment. As an anti-violence agency, we strive to heal lives and transform communities. Call our 24-7 helpline anytime at 920-722-8150. For more information, visit us at reachcounseling.com.